Coming up, consultants are eating agencies' lunch. SAP get into media buying. And is talent now the thing that might keep a marketing director awake at night? Hello and welcome to IDCOM's Media Snack, episode 25. I know. Is, that a, is that a silver jubilee? I don't know. It's I don't a long know. Time. We'll hold off on the party. Yeah. Um, coming up today, we are looking at some interesting uh, analysis which is starting to show that the big consulting businesses really are eating away at the kind of traditional agency scope yeah. in terms of revenue. Very amazing numbers that we'll, that we'll dig into. Uh, also on that theme, SAP, the, uh, the business kind of solutions, enterprise solutions business, has launched a trading desk. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, and finally, we will look at uh, a great piece uh, written by a marketing director in the UK, or global marketing director, I should say, based in the UK, uh, highlighting talent as really a thing that gives him the greatest concerns. And so we'll just look at some broader implications uh, on the industry and ask yeah. if talent really is the thing that we should be obsessing about. All coming up on today's Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich or an agency sandwich. Okay, so first up today, um, some interesting analysis that's been done on agency revenue. agency revenue. Published by AdAge in the US is their, what do they call it, their agency report for 2016. Yeah. Um, but it's showing some fascinating yeah. trends going on in the market. What? What? So, so we 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 assume that the big six holding companies, which we always talk about, the yeah, top I mean, six, sort of, yeah, ninety percent of the global billing uh, in the world goes through these six buying groups, right? Yeah. And and you would assume that that would be reflected in their ranking in terms of revenue. Mm. Uh, but this report that AdAge have published this week uh, shows a slightly interesting story. So, so the you know the the, the leading uh, revenue generating holding group is still WPP, nineteen billion dollars worth of revenue yeah. last year. Then you've got Omnicom, uh, Publicis, IPG, Dentsu, top five. Yeah. Then number six is Accenture Interactive, with revenues of three billion. Yeah, which has pushed Havas Group amazingly out of the top six in terms of revenue for the first time i mean it really is an indicator of how agency business models are being hugely challenged and disrupted by what we consider the traditional kind of yeah. consultant or, or audit companies but that but that trend has actually been happening for the last 10 years so so 10 years ago the big six accounted for 85 percent of the top 50 agencies revenues globally yeah. Uh, that figure is now 65%. Yeah. So constantly being... So their share of revenue, what we call, let's call them the traditional agencies, yeah. although that's perhaps a bit unfair, but what we, what we know as agencies and agency groups, so their share of revenues uh, have been on really steady decline. Absolutely. I mean, it is a, it's a really straight line, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah. No, it's you know, less than 70%. So the big question is why? Why is that happening? Have agencies somehow taken their eye off the ball and allowed consulting businesses to come in? Or are marketers, have they been looking for something different which agencies haven't provided, which for some reason the, yeah. the consulting businesses have seen much clearer and been able to, yeah. uh, to service that need? What, 
why that rapid change yeah. in fortunes? Well, I mean, firstly, the, the, the consulting groups have seen, you know, uh, digital change management as a massive opportunity. Yeah. Um, and they have the funds, the, 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 the war chest to, to go after a really aggressive acquisition strategy. Yeah. And that's kind of worked for both Accenture and for, for IBM. Mm. But I think most importantly, they have uh, consulting privilege mm. with the big the big companies that they yeah. advise on. So they've, they've had long-standing consulting relationships with the C-suite. Uh, you know, consulting companies are brilliant at upselling. Yeah. Um, and they've used that to their advantage yeah. and, it's, and, it's, and it's working. Yeah. And that must be very worrying for the, for the traditional agencies. You know, these consulting companies have got such well-established relationships at the very top level yeah. in these big brands. Uh, they have the funds to acquire new businesses. Yeah. They have the funds to bring talent into That's their own businesses. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to let go of this as a, as a massive opportunity yeah. moving forward. Yeah. And, the, and the numbers at stake, the revenues are, are vast. Uh, I'd feel a bit squeaky if I was yeah, an agency. So would I, uh, I feel like I was being hunted down. Mm. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that because I think this is only going to become more dramatic uh, with time. And it's moving so fast. Um, I'm sure we'll come back to this. So next up, continuing the theme of disruption and change. Mm -hmm. uh, this week we heard that SAP, the yeah. you know, enterprise software solutions business, has uh, developed and launched a digital trading desk. Yeah, called Exchange Media. Uh, launched this week. I think all the SAP guys are currently at their conference in Florida uh, talking about this new uh, product, Exchange Media, called SAP XM, um, which is a, uh, a buying platform that will connect the buyers and sellers of media uh, in more transparent and direct ways. And, it, right. and they're suggesting that it has a number of benefits. Um, I think this is really exciting. I'm, I'd heard about this at the beginning of the year I, when I was in New York and I'd met just had dinner with uh, a lovely guy called Johan Freilinger, who's the... Nicely pronounced. Thank you. I know, I've been practicing that, actually. Freilinger. Thank you. Uh, hi, Johan. Sorry about that. Uh, and he told me... Uh, in fact, actually, what he did, he said... He just was asking me what I did, and I was explaining what we did as a business. And he, he was asking my point of view on you know, the future of potentially kind of more transparent media buying systems, right? right? And I shared the things that you and I discuss quite a lot, which was maybe that one day we'll get to this maybe somewhat utopian vision where buyers and sellers of medias can interact through some very transparent and open marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, which would perhaps eliminate fraud, would really set the value of media inventory um, and give much more control back to the marketer. So democratised really, media yeah, buying, right? exactly. Yeah. This is what we call it, the democratisation of media buying. Um, anyway, I was explaining the boring Johan to death over dinner like this, and, I, and my question to him was, I don't know who could build such a thing because maybe there's too many vested interests in the status quo, etc., whatever. So it was a bit of a kind of pipe dream. Uh, and he turned to me and said, we're building this. So SAP, of course, that kind of makes sense. SAP... Uh, I think one of their great strengths, obviously they're a technology expert mm -hmm. company, uh, trusted with a lot of the world's you know, financial, sensitive yeah. financial, commercial, confidential information. Uh, their install base, 
amongst you know the top the Fortune 500 is phenomenal. I mean, they have almost entire market saturation, which I think would would be the barrier to many other competitors. Is that they already have technology installed at an enterprise level Absolutely. on most of the world's largest companies. So this is an additional product to you know optimize in a transparent way media buying. But they and but they have that trust level, right? I mean that's yeah. the thing. You know yeah. they've been operating with these big companies for such a long time, yeah. managing all of their data, all of their really really sensitive information. Yeah. And this feels like the next natural step. In yeah. the same way that Adobe launched their own uh, trading desk yeah. last year in September last year, exactly. because they they have uh, you know established a really strong data platform, yeah. uh, great relationships with their brands, it's the, it's the next evolution of that. Yeah. And I think it'll do really well. Yeah, it will do. I mean, it's a really interesting development. I encourage you to kind of look into it. The, I mean, I think Adobe have got somewhat, and you know, we can't compare their technology side by side at this point, but Adobe have somewhat an advantage because they have credentials in marketing yeah. and they've invested a lot in their marketing capabilities, marketing tools to build their profile with marketers. So they perhaps have somewhat of a head start on that. SAP sounds like their technology might be, you know, I don't know if it's better technology, but they come from a position of uh, technology credibility and have that install base. But maybe they, mm. people don't normally associate SAP uh, with marketing yet, so that's a, perhaps a, something that they've got to develop. Uh, but it's, it really is, you know, it's these kind of things that are going <clears> to, <throat> again, you know, really stress test agencies' yeah. capabilities in buying. Because if you're a marketer looking for a way to transact direct with vendor, direct with publishers um, through self-serve technology that can maybe eliminate some of those concerns over transparency, yeah. fraud, and those kind of areas, which are obviously an issue for a lot of marketers at the moment. But it's, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, the whole, all of the, the edges are being blurred. So you have, you have you know, technology software solutions companies you know, getting into 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 buying, yeah. into inventory trading. Yeah. You've got you know consulting businesses getting into digital change management yeah. roles. Um, you know the the traditional uh, you know parameters of, of disciplines seems to be blurring completely. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's fantastic for the industry, yeah. but you know particularly worrying. I think if you're a traditional uh, you know agency holding group. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So finally this week, we are talking about talent. Uh, a very interesting piece that we spotted in the trade press uh, saying that talent is what keeps marketing directors awake yeah. at night now. Yeah, so, so Dominic Groundsell, who's the global marketing director for Travelex, yeah. the uh, foreign exchange, the massive foreign exchange business, mm. uh, quite a vocal spokesman within the industry anyway. Um, and he wrote a piece about uh, talent within the industry mm. and his greatest concern is finding the right kind of talent with the right kind of capabilities to move his business forward in the next two or three yeah. years and he he very articulately uh, described it as uh, it's relatively easy to find uh, soft capabilities within marketing marketing generalists mm. but he is increasingly looking for uh, talent with quantitative capabilities, you call yeah. them hard capabilities. So he's increasingly looking to find people with mathematics backgrounds, with engineering degrees, with uh, data, you know, scientific uh, qualifications yeah. to bring into his 
exactly. business to, he says, to manage the tsunami of data mm. and analytics that are required to move his business mm. forward. And unfortunately, they're just not there to be found mm. because they're being swallowed up by people like Accenture Interactive, yeah, by SAP. Yeah. And, you know, the marketing industry is just not on their radar. Mm. Uh, and that is a major, major concern. Um, and, and I think one that is probably shared by, by not only the marketing community on the advertiser side, but also by the agencies, because they're, yeah. they're obviously having to try and compensate for, for you know, talent gaps on the marketing side, on the advertiser side, by filling it there, and they're, yeah. they're struggling. But you know, uh, there is talent obviously within the industry, uh, and it is it is celebrated. And and one of the kind of the key areas that that, that Media Week tend to do each year is is thirty under thirty, right? Yeah. And they celebrate the best and the the smartest talent in the industry. Yeah. Uh, and and you were on the judging panel. Yeah, I was. We did that yesterday. I mean, I, 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 you know, thirty under thirty is a great initiative. Uh, I don't think it's going to solve single-handedly uh, Dominic's concerns about the industry. Um, but uh, the 30 under 30 is a really good initiative run by Media Week here in the UK. They haven't done it for a few years. I'm not nobody quite sure why that why it went away. But anyway, it's back. Um, so I spent uh, most of yesterday reading and reviewing uh, written submissions and video submissions from about 100 odd uh, uh, candidates. So the idea here is it's to celebrate people under the age of 30, as the name suggests, and there's 30 of them, as the name suggests. Um, so whittling those down uh, was, a, was a long task for a big team of us yesterday. It's a real privilege to be asked to be part of that because uh, you know, we're big supporters and advocates of identifying and championing best talent in the industry. It is an issue which we recognise um, that as an industry perhaps we're not uh, attracting and retaining the best caliber people uh, but I have to say yesterday was uh, put my mind at ease somewhat okay. um, we found some um, with 30 it was very hard to get to 30 mm -hmm. first thing and secondly 30 that we found uh, were are a great representative and give kind of great hope for the future um, of the next generation that's coming through the industry what I'm staggered about and hugely embarrassed about as a, a previous winner of 30 under 30, I'm not quite sure why, uh, but I was very pleased 10 years ago <coughs> to win. Uh, would, you make, would you make 50 under 50? Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. Uh, it's borderline. Uh, but it's, um, it's an area that we're going to champion as well, ourselves, yeah. aren't we? Well, yeah, exactly. So talent, uh, conveniently, is the talent is... is uh, our next big initiative, IDcoms. We've spent the last few months talking about transparency, as I'm sure you're well aware. Um, so we we now look to focus largely on uh, talent. We're launching today uh, the IDcoms 2016 Media Talent Survey. So you'll find a link below. Um, I encourage you, to please, to click on that. We want to to canvas opinion from around the world, from as we did before, from marketers, media procurement agencies, publishers, vendors, any, anyone with an opinion yeah. on the quality and the trends in media talent and to try and identify kind of some of the issues and the biggest concerns uh, in that area. But not just now, uh, but also, you know, over the next two or three years. Yeah, which is really the, the crux of it, right? How well, things are changing so fast. And, and that's the issue that, that Dominic, I think, was raised in, in his article. That's exactly. where his greatest concern is. Good. So please do the survey, uh, we'll be publishing results in about three or four weeks time.
Okay, that's all for this week. Uh, thanks very much for watching. Bye for now. Have a good weekend.